Today on the ZabeCast, not only do the winners write the history books, but outcomes drive narratives in sports. It's just the way it is. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions after 50 years. My thoughts on the game, the halftime show, and everything else. Also, Scotland's standard death nightmare, me watching the game in a home gymnasium, and Glenn Eunice, Ed Reed's right-hand man in Miami. Your bonus, 45 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, February 4th, 2020. Thank you for downloading and thank you for understanding the fact that I just couldn't put out a quality podcast like I would like to the night after the Super Bowl. We had a great event, a great little promotion I whipped up at the last minute, basically because we had nothing else planned, and it was let Zabe crash your Super Bowl party, big game party. And we had uh, our winner, quote-unquote winner, and they did win free meats and free pizzas. But really, we were the winners just to get to go to this party. Uh, we went to Brian and Rebecca Dombrowicki in um, Brookfield, Wisconsin, their house. And it was amazing. I'm going to post the video on Twitter tonight as soon as I'm done recording this podcast. You can see a little taste of what it was like. What a great home this was. They had bought this 1950s ranch on about two acres, tore it down, and built a whole new custom house that had its own little, quote, field house or barn in honor of the old barn up at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, which was basically a big indoor two-story room that has a basketball hoop for their two sons to shoot on and is long enough for them to throw batting practice in a netted-in hitting cage or hitting tunnel for their baseball career all year long. And they also can hold parties like for the Super Bowl, He had a projector that he mounted on a pole and then projected a huge 300-inch image of the game itself, the Super Bowl game, and it was great. And it was like, it was only like a $500 projector. But anyway, they were wonderful hosts. And as I told told them, I said, you know, people probably think you're flat-out crazy. Right, Brian? That when you're like, oh, yeah, look at this. I've got a mini gymnasium in my house. Uh, the bottom line is, he said, you know what? It's been worth every penny because we use it all the time, not just for basketball, not just for baseball batting practice, but for a bunch of other events. And as I looked at it, I said, man, you know, this can't be much. I'm, I'm not going to ask you how much it cost. I wasn't going to be like Dwight Schrute at the uh, the David Wallace's house during the house party, you know, trying to shake loose uh, railings and asking how much money he paid for the house. But I looked at it and I said, this couldn't have cost any more than a custom in-ground pool. And yet it is way more functional than that. It is, it'd be used way more and provide much more joy and fun to the family and entertainment. It was very cool. So we were very lucky to go to that party, met a lot of good people uh, that listened to my show on 97.3 The Game. And I really appreciated everybody. And just to be good around, you know, Young teenagers who are full of energy and life and didn't care too much about the game itself, which is fine. Josh, my producer, saw one of the teenage girls in the garage by herself, and he's like, what are you doing? Are you making a TikTok? And she's like, yeah. 
He's like, what are you making? She's like, I don't know. I'm stuck for ideas. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the youth of tomorrow making TikTok videos. As for the game itself, it was a great game, and it had a lot to chew on. And because of that, why don't I just call my next guest? It's been a while. I know you're going to say, oh, my God, Zabe, that's Andy's music. Ah, uh, well, I don't have music for our next guest, Glenn Eunice. You know Glenny. He's the guy who was nice enough to take me to the World Series. The Zabecast. G-Unit Radio, my man. I hope you don't mind I'm using Andy Poland's music, but since you're going to be a semi-regular, you need to pick some theme music. What do you want? Uh, something a little more gangster, you know, because that's how I roll. Oh, Certainly like, not old, You don't like the Tonight man. Show, huh? <laughs> Hello. No, <laughs> yeah, this is very old man. All right, well, you think about it, and by the next time I have you on, then we will uh, have much better music. Indeed, my friend. Okay. Uh, Glenn, as you may have known from our previous chat, longtime former producer of mine many, many years ago, turned into a nice radio broadcaster of his own volition, still dabbles in it from time to time, but really is now spending time with his own production and marketing company and is closely working with Ed Reed on a variety of Red Reed's off-the-field ventures. I did see where he was Mm -hmm. just named Chief Mm -hmm. of Fucking Staff at mm-hmm. the U. I wonder who did that deal. Weird. <laughs> that was a Glenn Eunice special? Indeed. Congra- uh, yeah. Congratulations to both Thank Ed you. and yeah, yourself. That's a good deal. So let's let's talk about this. Um what is he gonna do? What is chief of staff exactly? Yeah, so chief of staff is um probably going to be a new role around NCAA. It'll be interesting to see if this sort of spawns more of these type of positions. Um, special advisor to the head coach, if you will, is a, is sort of a, a, another name or another sort of role that encapsulates what's he going to, what's he, what's he's going to do. Um, he will not be a coach, you know, that's reserved for 10 coaches and a, and a head coach for 11 total. That's a very specific NCAA thing. I'm, in, uh, I'm embarrassed not- to say Glenn, who's the head coach there now? Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz, who um, was there, and it's not embarrassing to say, it's it's the state of the University of Miami now that you wouldn't know because they, they've fallen off. Right. Uh, Manny was a D coordinator there under Mark Richt. Uh, Manny is uh, ha- has a really good, strong resume as a defensive guy and now as the head coach of Miami. Um, his father was the mayor of Miami, so he's sort of you know ingrained in that in that world down there as well. Defensive coordinator under Mark Richt took the head coaching job at Temple days before Mark Rick decided to retire. Um, Mark Rick retired and the university was able to be nimble enough and work with Temple to go get Manny yeah. Diaz to be their head coach. That's right. And it was a really big deal. Yeah, they got a U-turn on it. So now here's yeah. what if uh, my first thought on this was yeah. a brilliant idea that a guy yeah. like Ed Reed adds cachet, credibility, reputation, sizzle, all that stuff that today's young people want, the recruits, to make totally. the program back to what it was. That's great. He can also be a, a guy that can go, you know what? Here's what we should do. This is what players will respond to. Here's a little thing that's we right. can do. Okay, that's all great. Then my other thought was, shit, what coach in college football, D1 coach, wants a guy like Ed <laughs> breathing Reed? Breathing that guy, breathing down his neck. Yes, exactly. So it would have to be a lot of trust. There has to be a lot of trust. Or Manny, Manny Diaz is just not big enough that he was going to be told, well, this is how it's going to be. You're just going to have to work with him. So he's the one who reached out initially and was like, 
you know, let's do this together. So it, it had to be the right trust, as you said, and it had to nice. be the right coach to understand. So that that's a big part of it. Um, the other part is this is not a figurehead position. He's going to dive in. Again, he cannot be on the field coaching the players. That's not what this role is. He's sort of advising the head coach, coaching the coaches, if you will, looking at film, looking at things, um, looking at it at a higher level. Hey, when I played, when, you know, Ed and talking is Ed, when I played, we had the thing called the toilet bowl, which means if you didn't play on Saturday, you were sure as hell playing on Sunday and you were hitting as hard on Sunday in the toilet bowl Ooh. with the backups as you were, you know, things like that, right. Building the culture, building the camaraderie, building the depth. Hey, on film study, you've got guys lining up here and they should be three inches over to the left and one foot to the right because of this. And all those things, Hey coach, this scheme isn't working. It's too complicated for our players run this. This guy's more suited to do this, you know, really diving in and being a part. So that's really exciting for me to be a part of my guy going back to his university and affecting change in a major way. Yeah. Because the U has got to come back, Glenny. Yeah. It's well, let me tell you what. Goddamn other university shame. Other universities are going, holy shit. <laughs> They're like, uh-oh. Well, <laughs> uh-oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> here we go, Ed Reed. Okay, so you were in Miami uh, for oh, the God. week uh, because – What's that? I said, oh, God, I'm exhausted. I can imagine. Uh, and you, you, did, you did all you had to do, and then you went home to watch the game on TV, which is where – the game is meant to be played. I'm going to give you – I just told before I called you, I said where I watched the game, which was a very cool place with a big 300-inch projection high-def TV on a wall. You're in Wisconsin, right? I'm Wisconsin, yeah. I was at a, uh, I was at a listener's Beautiful. house who has a mini gymnasium built mm. into his house. It's big enough for a regulation college three-point line and a basketball Hoop and you can Sounds shoot. like an idea for the Zeta State. Oh, God, it would be great. Will you ask my wife for me? <laughs> anyway, I'll so. I'll you one minivan and one <laughs> podcast van. <laughs> exactly. I can't, tra- I can't trade for things she already doesn't really want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going backwards at light speed. No. Yeah. Um, so, Scott <laughs> Lynn. Before yeah. we talk about the game and where you watch it. He walks it, to a neighbor's house or something. I'm a listener. I know. He like, I know. walks up the street or something. I, but I want to tell it for the podcast listeners. Yeah, okay. This was stunning. Scott Lynn is such a nice guy and, frankly, a pussy, if I can call, say that on the podcast. <laughs> he went to a neighbor's house and watched the entire second half in standard definition. That doesn't exist. That's, that's, that's for the show. That's not real life. No, he said it was, and he said he didn't even speak they up. They had the wrong channel on, or he, they well, have an... this is the thing. I said, how'd they get their TV? And he said, <laughs> they have cable. And I said, well, almost certainly they don't sell a cheaper standard def package with their cable. It doesn't matter. It's all being delivered digitally yeah. anyway. So yeah. why, why would you not say anything? This is a neighbor who's a friend of your family's. Just say helpfully, oh, hey, neighbor. Uh, be like Ned Flanders. Hidely ho there, neighbor. Looks like you got the old standard deferino going there. Here, let me just take that remote. I'll find you the high def channel. And you go click, click, click. You find the same version. And and then you All go. All you got to do is hit the OK button twice. It's, yes! It's, it's a, like, what yes! Do you do? Everyone knows this. Any remote wielding man knows that. Just know. do it while they're not looking. Just go over to it and hit the button twice. <sighs> and, and, and And Scott just sat there and was such a nice guy. Didn't, didn't have Zero him change chance. the channel. Zero chance. So what do you do on the replay on the Damon Williams touchdown? <laughs> that probably 
should have been overturned when you can't see the angles. You know what? I would have. I said I don't think he got in. I don't think he got in either. But I I wouldn't swear on my life to it because and it's hard to overturn. The other thing is the fo- I don't want to jump big. You're probably going to get here, but the Fox producers they had the straight on angle. They showed it to you once, and they went to all these other angles that didn't show you anything that you needed to see and kept telling us why the angles that they had weren't the right ones, but yet not showing the one that was the right angle. I, I wanted know. to jump through my TV. We do this for a living. I'm like, you guys are idiots. Who in the truck is doing this? I, I hate you. I know. It's so bad. And what, what absolutely slays me is, is when you're showing a critical replay, when you get to the moment of truth, i.e. the four or five frames. Go back and forth, back stop. and forth, back and forth. And stop. stop it right there. Stop yes. it right there, and you take the jog shuttle wheel, and you go back, Thank forward, you. back. That's all that matters. They let these plays run through, and I was like, God, why are you doing this? You're killing me. Thank you. What is going on? How do we know this? Well, They're in the business, too. These are real people. We know these people. Right. What? what and then, and then there are several other plays that are being talked about a lot, and we'll walk okay. through them one by one. Uh, Kittle's push off at the end of the first half that was OPI. I, I I hate that it was called. It was probably the right call. I wasn't happy at the time it was called. That's my analysis. Right, and and it was almost identical to the amount of separation achieved by one Cal Rudolph, which was yes. not called in the game deciding moment. And for those that scream about that, I have a simple answer, and that is this is what happens when you tell referees to take the fate of the outcome of the game in their hands. They won't do it. They won't do it when the game hinges on your call. But if it's a low leverage – Right, right, right. So a low leverage call like this was end of the first half, it's easier to call, and they're going to do that every time. This is why Vinovich in the game, Glenny, didn't call – a, a arm to the helmet of Garoppolo late in the game. Yep. It's why he didn't – nobody flagged the pretty rough knockout of bounds of Garoppolo, which usually gets flagged from the NFL yep. I watch. But then also add to the fact that they can then say, well, we call it both ways. It's not just an offensive league. So they can bucket yeah. that and they can put that in their argument too. Right. But they do it, to your point, in a, in a lower – sort of risk element right. earlier in the game. No right. doubt about it. Right, because at the end of the day, they're humans. And the human yeah. element is like, God, I really don't want to be the dick who decides the game. Even if I'm called on their own. Like, even if I'm right. Basketball. <laughs> call your own shit. Can you <laughs> no imagine chance. a call your own <laughs> NFL league? Oh, <laughs> no, for no God's sakes. No chance. But I do think, I, I agree with you mostly because your thoughts are smart and logical, but you are a little bit obsessed over killing replay. I'm not I saying am. you're wrong. No, you're I am obsessed. Saying about it, but I love it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely obsessed about it. Uh, someday our day will come. The revolution will succeed, and Org will be <laughs> the, <laughs> <revolution>. be... <laughs> the resistance. Oh fuck! I'm resisting like crazy against replay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um. Anyway, you know, kudos to Mahomes. Mahomes is such an amazing athlete. And I say athlete for a reason, Glenn, because I'm sure you've seen by now his multiple sport exploits on grainy home video that were played during one of the pregame shows. There's pretty much nothing that he's bad at athletically. So it's interesting you bring that up, though, because you know this as well as I do. A lot of these, especially football players, for some reasons, are so specialized 
Yeah. But they're actually spazzes when they go play like, I don't know, slow pitch softball. Um, you know, Ed is they can't the opposite. Th- they can't they throw can't a ball. Throw a baseball bat. Right. Ed, Ed's the opposite. Ed, Ed played all sports. He probably could have gone to college for baseball or basketball too. Uh, he's a good golfer like Mahomes. But some of these guys are spazzes. To your point, Mahomes is freaking sick. I mean, he is a sick. You seen him hit a golf ball? I have. And it pissed pisses me off. <laughs> Pound town. Yeah, you fucking dick. <laughs> there was a stat I saw, Glenn, that eight of the last nine Super Bowl MVPs yeah. have been drafted in baseball. Ooh. Drafted. Now the I bet you Flacco wasn't one of them. Uh, yeah, ding, ding, ding. There you go. The uh, <laughs> although he can really play golf, he's good. I'm sure the and draft he's more athletic than you think. Right. But. The draft is a million rounds long in baseball, so it's not yeah, the yeah. best eh, thing. And and, and Super Bowl MVPs are typically quarterbacks, and quarterbacks yeah. typically have the most Pitchers. rounded athleticism yeah. to them. But yep. the, but that said, you know, here's the crazy thing about sports, and you know this, being around Ed and just being a sports fan. Outcomes drive narratives, and the outcome was so close to being exactly the opposite last night that if the Niners go on a ground-based 80-yard touchdown drive, Mahomes goes down as the big goat who couldn't deliver on the big stage, Mr. Fancy no-look passes, terrible night, two picks, including the backbreaker, just over 55% completions. What happened to the great Mahomes? All fluff, no substance. Yeah, yeah. All it took was a couple of different play calls and maybe some ground and pound by Kyle Shanahan. The narrative is different. Everything is different. Garoppolo is not being talked about. Like, do we still have the receipt for this guy? Can we get our money back? (laughs) I totally, a thousand million percent agree with you. A couple different layers there. One is that whole results driven is the narrative thing. It drives me crazy with everything. It's like, oh, well, we won, so we're great. It's like, actually, you sucked the entire game and got lucky because the other team sucked more not in this case but just in general right so a thousand million percent also i'm not fully buying the theme that like kyle shanahan's blown it in two games and all that that's true but i'm not like fully buying that that said run the ball man like run the ball at least you're burning clock at the very least you're going to get some maybe a first but when they got the ball back with six minutes and aikman's like okay they're going to run it down their throat they'll let them or aikman and, and, and buck and then they start throwing the ball with Garoppolo. Garoppolo throws it high over the middle. Then he gets hit, and then Jones tips it, and all of a sudden it's like three and out. We got a punt. We yeah. run the ball. You're burning another a minute and seventy minute fifty seconds, ninety seconds. Right, uh, you, two, right. Two, you're, two you're and really, a half minutes. You're either going to make them f- use a couple timeouts, or you know, right. three three runs for zero yards still takes a minute and a half out of totally. the game. And up ten, that's a pretty valuable minute and a half. Hello. But there are people that are like, but look at the play on second and five. Uh, Kittle was on Suggs, who was completely lost. It was yeah. the right call. It just got yeah, batted down. It just it got, got batted, batted down. Yeah. And I said, well, who the fuck uses that as a judgment? Shit gets batted down. It gets tipped in the air. Garoppolo might have been off target. Kittle might have dropped it. There's a million things. So, in other words. Which is why passing's harder than that's running, right. which is why you run the ball. That's right. And, and if my, any of those things yeah. happen, the clock stops. That's why you run it. That, there, there you go. So to me, running it three times, even for zero yards in a punt, Correct. was the right strategic play. It was the right gamesmanship play. I know play. you know I know, so I'm going to throw it. And it's like, cut it I out. know. I know. Be aggressive. Hey, I'm going to shoot this three in the corner. Try to stop it. <laughs> Bang, in your face. Let's go. Run the ball. 
Yeah, but it didn't happen. It, and uh, no. and and the other the other place that this game was won last night was back in the summer when the Kansas City Chiefs were seeing all these reports about Tyreek Hill and the audio came out from his mm. from about you know you should be afraid of me too, bitch. When he was like yelling at his yeah, yeah. baby mama. And the Chiefs, who had quickly thrown Kareem Hunt out the door, like didn't even think, right? Yet he, they were know, like, "We can't lose two of those guys." Well, I think it was they knew <laughs> they knew that Kareem Hunt replaceable, yeah. Tyreek Hill is a one of one weapon of like yeah. there's no one else in the league like him. Uh, it's like Lamar. Yeah, and, right. And so what they did, it's like the Mahomes. Chiefs. Right, so what the Chiefs did, and this this was smart. This is not a criticism of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is what smart teams do. A, they realize who's replaceable and who's not. They never forget that. And secondly, they don't panic and make any rash moves based on what some fucking columnist is writing about. How dare the Chiefs have this guy on their <laughs> roster? They mm-hmm. stayed calm and they said, okay, let's see where this goes. If more shit comes out. If Tyreek Hill can't control himself, then we're going to lose him. Then we make him. a move. Yeah, then, yeah. Then we're going to lose him. Then, then events will overwhelm us. But we're but not going to panic. Do it, not us. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they stayed calm, and guess what? Yeah. The water never rose above the top of the banks, and it never yep. flooded them. And they're like, "Okay, whew, we made it." Well, they don't win smart. that game without that fast motherfucker out there. No, and I think he you're is smart. crazy fast. He's crazy fast, and I think you're smart, and I think you're dead on. And and what they calculatedly said, hey, let's take the temperature here, ongoing. Let's not say, oh, the baby's got a 99 fever. Let's rush him to the doctor that she's got the flu. They they, right. they took the temperature daily and monitored. That's yep. right. No, I think you're. I think that analysis is is, is spot on by you. And, and, and you, he's he's a freak. He is a freak, and he's <laughs> probably a bad dude. But I can't get into that bad dude business because I don't know dudes. You know. I mean, the world's a. There's a lot of bad news in the world. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. The guy that made Scott watch TV and ate standard (laughs) depth. He's a bad guy. Different level, but also a bad guy. Yeah, he's as he's as he's as psychotic. Get this: there was a story. I can't believe I believe this. There's a story of some dude who got a hundred cell phones with data plans, put them in a red wagon, and pulled it across street bridges to create fake traffic jams that would appear on Google Maps because they use the automated (laughs) system of, well, here's 99 people that are moving, but they're moving at two miles an hour. There must be a traffic jam on this bridge. I and, love it. And people's responses were classic. One person said, <laughs> "One person said, I got ninety nine problems, but data ain't one." It's so perfect. So yeah, so the guy that made Scott watch the game on Standard Def, psychopath, so, bad guy, maybe not as bad as Tyree Kill, but okay, still not right in the head. Different column, different column, but still ranks. Yeah. How ch- percent chances that? Scott's neighbor made them watch it on standard def on purpose as a personal one man joke. It has to be considered. It doesn't <laughs> sound it doesn't sound like it'd be their style, but something tells me you can't rule that out. Are they Mishpuka? Are they part of the tribe? That's why maybe like he's like, I can't get cable, but at least I'll get I can't get the max deal, but at least I'll get something. I don't you know, know if they're Mishpuka or if they're Goyim. <laughs> 
but they're clearly behind the times on television. So, all right, before before we get to your behind the scenes uh, in yeah, Miami yeah. with all the uh, uh, all the all the all the uh, the burgundy jacket crew, which Ed is part of, hundred greatest Correct. of all time. That that's so badass that the NFL sort of like Star Trek Next Generation has introduced a new color jacket to the universe, you know? (laughs) You know, this is like like the red stormtroopers in the last Star Wars. You're like, oh, fuck, there's red ones now. Okay, so, all right, so before we get to those stories, uh, Shakira and J-Lo. Shakira crushed it. A lot of pelvis thrusting my wife and I were watching last night as our nine-and-a-half-month-old was dancing in her cage-slash-playpen. A lot of, lot, of, lot of vagina thrusting, a lot of pelvis. They're both uh, so hot. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's a, listen, listen, listen. For guys like you and me, it's a binary code. It's a one or a zero. It's a yes or no. They're both big yeses. Now, <laughs> taking that equation out of, the, out of it, those, they're tens. And for 50, all I kept saying to my wife was, God, J-Lo's 50. 50. Oh. 50. And, 50 and I've always been I've always oh, been a J-Lo God. guy and Shakira while stunning and beautiful and, and I was saying the whole time I'm like who does she remind me of and my buddy Josh was like she reminds you of Shakira what are you talking about I go no 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 <laughs> I said she reminds me of somebody else and then it came to me Alyssa Milano oh she's and, like an Alyssa Milano Scarlett Johansson in Avenger combo might be, but I, there's somebody actually Alyssa put, Milano, if you Google it, if you Google Alyssa mm-hmm. Milano and Shakira, somebody has already put the pictures side by side. Very well, similar, okay. but whatever. Great features, all that stuff. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, was Part it a little booby club, which I'm not opposed to. I'm not, uh, I'm okay with little booby club. That's fine with me. <laughs> I think they call it the itty bitty titty club. Yeah, I was, please you know, get that correct. Yeah, it is you, a podcast. You're allowed to you, say you that. You don't mind, but they have a moniker for that. If okay. you can use it, that'd be great. All right, let's let's ask this. And by the way, this yeah. is where I once again have to tell my mother, Ma, log off right. the podcast. Ma. Yeah. Because yeah, you listens. never even finished that porn story, she, uh, which kind of porn you liked. You stopped, told your mom to stop listening, did. and then smartly didn't finish the story. Exactly. I'll let you text me that answer off the air. Yeah, you okay. Notes. Yeah. <laughs> the hell I will. Then you have a printed receipt. <laughs> no. So, here's a, so yeah. So uh, what do you define, question, as being a member of the club, the itty-bitty-titty club? Don't say B. B, B. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say. I guess I, I was gonna. I don't know. But I was gonna say B, B or smaller, but I guess it's A or smaller. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Look, I like them all. Let's be honest. It of doesn't course. matter. I don't get anything anyway now, so it's just like everything's great. <laughs> okay. And then being in Miami for, I told my wife, I was like, oh, you know, there's a lot of beautiful women in Miami. I'm so glad to be home with you. And somehow I got in trouble for that. But uh, Interesting. you know, whatever. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you said there's so many. Shut up. There's. There's so many beautiful women. That's when you were in trouble. Everything yeah. that came afterwards didn't matter. Yeah, correct. All right. And I shunned them all for you, honey. Okay. It, so yeah. talk to me about being part of this super exclusive mm-hmm. Red Jacket Club. Yeah, it's very cool. So the, the jackets are burgundy. Um, the commercial, so they did – We they shot that commercial in all those different areas, all those different guys. Most of that stuff wasn't in the studio. Um, so the, the, the pregame commercial that led into the live action of the kid running on the field, that kid had to win a contest and apparently is like a football. He's been offered by Illinois already at 12 years old. 
he runs we were talking about this at so i was at the i was at the filming of um the tunnel shot where ed rubs the kid on his head and, mm-hmm. and joe montana and all those guys are there so I, we were there that was in la we shot they shot that at the uh at the la stadium under construction mm-hmm. so um we were talking with that kid and apparently he runs like an 11 to uh, 100 or something crazy is that good uh, just to put it in perspective, Eddie Kennison, who played for the Chiefs years ago, you oh, probably yeah. know the wide receiver, yeah. who's a, is a friend of ours. He went into the Louisiana Hall of Fame with Ed, and he coaches in some of our clinics. So we were with him in Orlando a couple weeks ago with Under Armour. And he qualified for the Olympics or was one level before qualifying for the Olympics, and he ran a 10-200 uh, flat. So this kid's running within like a second of world-class speed at 11 year or however the whole how old he is. The answer is yes, it's very good. Um, so this kid is some sort of a football prodigy at whatever age he is. So that's how he got picked for the commercial. Um, that tunnel sequence was shot in a real tunnel of the LA stadium. So they had all the guys line up and a bunch of, a bunch of, um, uh, what, what are they called? Stuntmen or not stuntmen, just fillers. What are actors? What are they yeah, called? Extras. The Extras, thank you. Yes. A bunch of extras, and, and I was joking around with all the staff. I'm like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Do you think he's Joe Montana? You know, it's like Joe Montana standing. I'm like, look at this fucking guy. Who do you think you are? You're not, you're not Jerry Rice. You know, I'm just busting everyone's chops there. Um, but yeah, that was that was really neat to shoot that and, and have all the Hall of Famers uh, in the same trailer. So uh, we were getting dressed with um, Anthony Munoz and Brett Favre and Dion and Larry Fitzgerald. Larry and I shared a cab to the uh, or a cab. Uh, a limo to the airport after the commercial shoot. We got the heck out of Dodge. Um, but Brett Favre would not stop. Talk- he was talking stories on the bus. Wow. So the, the way they had it set up was we had all these campers and all these little rooms for the players to get dressed and get ready and mix and mingle. But then we had to take a shuttle bus because the connect- the stadium's not connected yet around to the other parking lot Right. in into the underbelly of the stadium and we all had to wear hard hats and go to the staging room and the, the lights went out, the right. power went out. Because if a steel girder, if a steel yeah. girder from the new yeah. SoFi stadium falls. My plastic hard hats. Yeah, that out. hard hat, you'll be fine. No problem. You'll wipe, yeah, rub it right off. <laughs> we had to, they, they literally, including myself, they, they ordered everybody's special order um, steel-toed shoes. We had to wear steel-toed shoes. Get out. But for, I mean, whatever. No, it's weird. It's so weird. I left them there disgusting ugly shoes um (laughs) mike munoz anthony munoz's son got an actually really cool pair of shoes who works for the hall of fame and david baker who we can talk about here in a moment if you'd like but Favre was telling story after story after story about you know the old time guys and talking with barry sanders about this guy they used to play with and that guy they played against and it was really cool Favre was a mile a minute do you find Um, yourself do you find yourself in awe i mean Glenn, you not are anymore. not. Yeah, I was going to say you are. You I've are orbiting. So yeah. you are orbiting in a circle of rarefied stardom in football yeah. circles that many people who are listening are going to say, "This friend of yours, Glenn, is he full of shit?" And I'm going to be like, "No, he's got the photos to prove it." But whatever. Yeah, and I don't some, even post them. I know, and some will say, <laughs> eh, "Sounds like a lucky douchebag," and I'll say. Okay, yeah. fine. People call people call my boy Ron Thomas <laughs> yeah. a, a privileged douchebag because he knows Bobby Knight growing up. I'm like, no, he's yeah. not. He's he was adopted for God's sakes. You know, it's just you know people are running these circles. So so you're at this point where you're like, this is cool, but I'm not jelly need over it. 
No, I mean, like we coach with Dion in the Under Armour game. So I spent a week with Dion in Orlando and Ed, you know, Ed's own coach and Dion's the other. And then we saw him, you know, five days later in LA and he's like, what's up, G? I'm like, hey, Dion, you know, and talking to Anthony Munoz because I've become friends with his son because his son works for the Hall of Fame over the last couple of years. I've been building a relationship with them. And, you know, I spend a lot of time around that, obviously, you know, yeah. every day that I'm not home with my daughter. And, um, you know, Peyton, I, I had, you know, we had a little meeting uh, Friday morning for the top 100 team at 8 a.m. So Ed and I are in the, in the meeting and I sat with Ogden and Ed and Rod Woodson and Peyton's behind this chat. And, and, you know, hey, Glenn, nice to see you again. I mean, that's just, you know, I, I've been working at this, you know, for 15 years. This is the right. No one gave this to me. I promise you that. But no, it's no, cool. I hear you. Um, so what was the cool? cool what was you. the what was the coolest story that you can tell without betraying anyone's trust? Ooh, I don't know. I don't. The, I mean, I, filming the filming the commercial was pretty cool. Helping Reggie Wayne with his um, pro football Hall of Fame stuff a little bit, although he didn't get in. Um, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Let me think. David Baker, your boy knows me on a first name basis. Listen. Hey Glenn, good to see you. How are you? Listen, um, I don't want to get into that. I, I think, you hate, you hate him. I love uh, it. I, listen, I don't want to get into it with you because you're close to it and you have important. I can text your cell phone number. You have it. You have important, you have important no. connections. Here's my thought on the hall of fame. Yeah. First yeah. of all, it's an, they impo- left too many guys in this year. Way well, too many guys. That's what Dion said. I agree with him a thousand percent. Did any one of the of the red jacket club or maroon or wine colored mm. jacket club Burgundy. say? Did they say wine's this, probably right? Yeah, it's 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 a it's definitely a sort of a fruity looking red. Uh, <laughs> did any did any one of those guys say? Man, there's a lot of Hall of Famers now. No, but I think that was an underlying. That's a good question. I think that's an underlying sentiment that there might be a couple too many, but they understood like the promo. I mean, listen everyone knows that the hall of fame is on the come up and they're trying to promote. And that's the David Baker story. That's the yeah. 20 guys in 2020 and getting some old vets in. Um, no one said it. I mean, Dion said it and I don't think a bunch of guys disagreed. I'll say it that way. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is that Steve Hutchinson's wife to me is the number one overall pick of wives in this year's class. Why? Um, I just, she's just stunning. She's hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> My wife, by the way, thought that Ryan Tannehill's wife was not that good looking at NFL honors. So I, you know what? I, I got to be honest. I'm with her on that. Wow, that's she's, crazy talk to me. She's a, she is a is she sleepy eyed. Is that why? <laughs> she's an off the rack blonde, <laughs> blue eyed gal. Okay. Uh, she's off, right. She's she's very off the rack. Let's see, Landon Hutchinson. Landon Hutchinson. You say she's hot. Oh, yeah. hi uh-huh. now. She's, hey now, she now she's kind of got she's kind of got Hannah Storm teeth. She's Viking got, warrior princess. She's got small teeth, which is okay. She looks like an athlete, by the way. She, yo, man, let me tell you. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So here's I'll the tell thing. You, I got I got a story for right, you. What, I got one for all you. All right, but can go, I just go, get go. my Hall of Fame shot off, and then you can get your story. Number Please. one. Number one. The Hall of Fame in, in pro football, they're they are tasked with something impossible to begin with. I'll give that to them as a concession. That said, what I would do is you'd blow up this committee that deliberates because they actually kept track of how many minutes were spent deliberating each candidate, and they were wildly different. There was like 50 minutes spent deliberating Steve Atwater and only about 12 minutes on Leroy Butler. 
And right. you can't have a, a legitimate process with that in case. The standards are all over the place. I give you insight as to how that goes. Well, I don't want to hear it. I'm just telling you what I do with the committee. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> you blow up the committee, you shoot it into the yeah. sun, and you, and you stop doing it. You, you hand out a significant number of additional votes from people that deserve them, former players and coaches that are going to put some study into it. And totally. you let them submit their ballots a la baseball, where there's no discussion, there's no preening, there's no peacocking. Nobody is trying to burnish their resume that they're all a Hall of Fame voter. That's bullshit. And then you tell David Baker, you can still be part of whatever it is you do, but we're not going to drag people here and put them in hotels and then have them wait for your knock so you get on spot. camera. That's um, a tough spot because, because guys are waiting with their families in there, and exactly yeah, that's a tough spot. I, I mean, Ed. So, so Ed sat in Reggie Wayne. So people don't know this. Ed Reed and Reggie Wayne were college roommates. They're both from Louisiana. Didn't know each other until they went on a recruiting visit to LSU together. And Ed was asleep the whole time at the visit. And Reggie's like, "Who in the hell is this guy?" So because <laughs> Ed didn't want to go to LSU. And Reggie had only seen Ed on TV on Friday night, you know, Saturday morning highlights on TV being like, damn, I had, you know, 200 yards and three touchdowns. 36, 36 minutes in, Glenn Yudis has delivered a good gem now that Ed yes. Reed slept through his LSU recruiting visit with Reggie Wayne. Go. And Reggie, and Reggie Wayne's like, who the hell is this guy? You know, I only <laughs> saw him on highlights on TV taking the spotlight away from me. So they, they fast forward. They both – Reggie had verbally committed to LSU. He decommits. They go to Miami together. They're college roommates. They have the same exact clock radio reggie brings in the 13 inch black and white tv and they're good to go they're college roommates after they leave the dorms they get an apartment together they best friends forever since then okay ed and reggie lives in south florida reggie spent the whole week with us this past week and ed was in reggie's room saturday afternoon waiting on the knock from david baker the knock never comes they give you a phone call if you don't get the knock and Ed decides to stay with Reggie that night and not go to the NFL honors to stay with his best friend to be with him and his family. There's no, your inside nugget. No way. Because yeah. Reggie was kind of distraught, huh? I know he was okay. But okay. He wanted, to be with his, he wanted to be with his guy. And so, I think that's sweet. Like, there's still, you know, Yeah, that's cool. So in, other words, so, in other words, the process, which is cruel to those who don't make it, cost, totally. the, cost the NFL honors a showcase show a star in Ed Reed because otherwise he would have gone. If, and if before the Steve Super Bowl Harvey happened twice yeah, if in be- the show, what he say? <laughs> he go, you know, he was talking about, you know, Ronnie Lott and Ed Reed hitting so hard. And then he talked about something else clinchers and he had looked, he apparently he went around the audience looking for him, but they didn't cut, they cut that out. But oh. They didn't mention him twice. <laughs> um, yeah. How was Steve Harvey at that thing? <clears throat> I think Steve Harvey's the funniest. He's the best. He takes no mercy on anybody. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. He's he was great. I um, like him. I like him as well. All right. So, so here's another. Here's one last one for you. Yeah, because I've got your theme music coming out. It's NFL Thursday Night Football. Great. You like this a little bit better? Okay. I do. I had an opportunity to present a quarterback in the Mid Atlantic region with an opportunity at the McDonald's commercial that you saw on Sunday, who uh, politely declined for reasons unknown. So I, I knew what I knew. One of the commercials was coming, and I had a chance to broker a deal for it. Good for you. That's what comes across my plate, my friend. I'll tell you the rest of the story off the air because it's hysterical. All right, awesome, Glenny. You're the best, buddy. I'm glad you're back from Miami. Be nice to your wife. She missed you for a week, and we'll talk again soon. All right, Zabe Cast. Glad to be on. Thanks, buddy. All right, I'll see ya. I got a text today 
from somebody saying, you know, I love your boy Ron, but man, talking all these stories about the time that Bobby Knight yelled at me for not calling my dad sooner and he said he comes off as a douchebag. I'm sure some people are going to, you know, who don't know Glenn are going to say, God, he sounds like. But he's the real deal. And Glenn is exceptionally humble about where he is and what he is doing. And I think it's pretty cool that he helped broker that deal for Ed Reed to be the next or to be the chief of staff at Miami, which could be a new position. And it for certain programs and certain players, it could work out perfectly. Let's end on this today. Lower Marion's first home game since Kobe Bryant's death saw Bryant's high school jersey, which had been hanging in a framed display on the end wall of the gymnasium up until 2017, at which time it was stolen and then bought by a collector in China. The jersey, the actual Kobe Bryant Lower Marion jersey, was returned and put back up in its rightful spot. Pretty amazing stuff. Pretty soon, as this thing is a week old with Kobe, there will be memorials and an actual funeral, and that's going to generate a whole new round of media. Monday, it it struck me, and I'd mentioned this to somebody, I said, man, all we talked about today was Shakira and J-Lo's booty and this and that and the game and who's at fault. And it was like, oh, yeah, Kobe Bryant and uh, his daughter and seven other souls still passed away a week ago. That is the harsh reality of life is that it does go on and that people do turn their attention. And it's not the last we'll hear about this or it's not the last that people will mourn. Kobe Bryant and those others. It's just the fact that there's only so much oxygen in the media room sometimes to talk about these things. All right. Thanks for being patient. I thought that was a good run tonight with Glenn, and that was a one take all the way through 41 minutes of fun talking about the game, Miami, and a bunch of other stuff as well. And maybe uh, Scott Lynn can get that 13-inch black and white TV that Ed Reed watched when he was on a recruiting visit. LSU when he wasn't asleep. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thanks so much for listening and downloading. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time.